0: Welcome to another episode of Thanks Divorce, where we discuss the lessons, the aha moments, and the gruesome beauty of going through a divorce. And I'm your host, Janine Bell. In this episode, I am talking to Kelly Irene. She is a mother of two and was formerly married to a pastor at an evangelical church. In this episode, we talk about trusting and listening to yourself and also finding what you need for your own healing. It was a great conversation. Hope you enjoy.
1: Love it, Yeah, that's new.
0: <laughs> you, you've been doing it for a while. <laughs> okay, so uh, welcome, Kelly. Thank you so much for being on the show. How are you doing?
1: Good. It's a Wednesday morning. My kids are off to school, so it's actually quiet in my house, and I'm loving that.
0: <laughs> yes, I know the feeling. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So wait, your children, it's August. Your children are in school. Where are you?
1: I'm in California. Oh, wow. So they started school yesterday was the first day back. Um, And today, you know, they were so excited yesterday. We were out the door on time. Today, they were like fighting every step of the way to get out. And I'm like, you guys, it is way, way too early for this.
0: (laughs) Do that in May or June?
1: Exactly. Not the second day.
0: (laughs) oh wow okay so so how old are your children
1: they are 10 and almost twelve okay got so one more week till she turns 12
0: oh happy birthday to her Thanks. yeah my children are two two years apart too they're just younger more okay. than six okay
1: yeah. yeah
0: so can you tell us uh let do we know about your children uh, more about yourself <laughs> so we'll absolutely
1: listen. so Um, I'm Kelly Irene, I am kid mom and cat mom, I like to include Princess Poppy whenever I talk about my babies, (laughs) she's definitely the third one, Um, I am the host of a podcast called Most True You, and I also work full time in human resources, so I'm really passionate about people, and just about helping people kind of... um, I guess just really claim who they are in whatever context it is.
0: Yeah. I like that. I like the name of your podcast too. Thanks. All right. So we're here on Thanks Divorce, right? So can you give our listeners just uh, what I call your divorce profile, just some yeah. context around when you were married, how long, and uh, you know how far away or removed you are from the divorce itself?
1: Yeah, and I love the context of this podcast. Um, I've been divorced for four and a half years, and I was married for 10 years. We were together for 13. Um, When I got divorced four and a half years ago, there really weren't a ton of resources like this. So I love that you are providing resources for people going through divorce. It is not easy. Um, a couple of other things about my divorce profile. So I mentioned I have two kids, so they were four years ago, six and eight. Mm -hmm. Um, so actually, since it was a little bit longer than four years, they were five and seven when we got divorced. And, um, those are definite, I don't think there's any easy age for kids going through a divorce, but that was, um, you know, certainly not an easy thing for them going through it either.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I totally get that. There is no easy age for sure. No, <laughs> not even no. for the people involved. Like there's no easy age <laughs> to be. There's not No, at all. So, um, just for the people listening, the context for how we even met was on Facebook and I a mm-hmm. post out looking for guests to be on the podcast. I, just, I did a blurb about what the podcast is about and Kelly jumped in and said, Hey, I would love to be on your podcast and even invite you on mine. And, um, she said she was uh, divorced uh, X amount of years ago, and she's in love with her life. So that's yes. the part that I would love to hear about. Um, how and where are you now? And how did you get there?
1: Okay. I love talking about this because I heard someone else talking about how much they loved their life post-divorce mm-hmm. about a year after I had filed. Okay. And I was like, okay, it's possible. My life doesn't have to be miserable. Yeah. So Backing up to being married, I was married to a pastor Mm. in a very white, very evangelical church. And that's, um, it's its own culture. And marriage is, I mean, I don't think there's anywhere that people are like, yay, divorce, except for maybe within the divorced community. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But definitely within that religious context, divorce is like the worst. One of like the top three worst things you could do, I would Mm -hmm. say, is to file for divorce unless you like walk down the church aisle with bruises all over your face and, Mm -hmm. you know, they can say, well, yeah, now we approve. And that wasn't the case for me. Um, I was married to the pastor. Things on the outside looked really good, Mm -hmm. Um, but on the inside, things were really, really awful. And there was no space in that context for me. Um, There was only space for somebody who could really be the pastor's wife. And that was it. Like, that was all that I could be and I got off on the wrong foot. They had, when he went to seminary, they had something called the Seminary Wives Institute, where they taught you how to be a good pastor's wife. And I dropped out of that because I was like, this is a load of BS. Um, I don't need to like make Jesus happy when I'm doing my laundry. That's just not, you know, he doesn't really care how I put my clothes from the washing machine to the dryer, but literally that was the level of detail that they got into mm. in the courses wow. um and so I dropped out. I was like, nope, I am not going to be a good seminary wife and <laughs> that should have been like the big aha moment. It wasn't. Um it took me, you know, 10 years to figure out that I just was not cut out to be the pastor's wife. Mm. So leaving that context for me meant leaving everything that I had built for my life, you know, I was really passionate about church. I was really passionate about spirituality. I was really passionate about helping others find their spirituality and find a way to communicate with the divine. Mm -hmm. And I had to leave all of that when I left my marriage because there was no space there for someone like me, somebody who had chosen to not be and fill the expected role. And so it was either you fill that expected role or you're out. And I was out, I was out of the community. I was out of everything I had built. And so it was not just leaving my marriage. It was leaving my community. It was leaving what had given me purpose for my life. It was leaving what supported me as a mom Um, and that was just a really really painful process and that really consumed probably the first two years post-divorce for me so going through the divorce itself plus all of that Mm -hmm. and it was about a year and a half ago that i really began to be able to tap into my own spirituality again um that laid dormant for about three years and I was in, you know, survival mode. I was trying to figure out how to pay my bills. I had my mom helping me pay rent because I couldn't pay my own rent. Um, it was just really starting from ground zero, but as a 36 year old single mom. Mm-hmm. And thankfully I had that support from my family, but, um, back to, you know, kind of going to where I'm at now, because I think that is so important, mm-hmm. um, I attended, it really began with, I attended this new moon circle at a local spa and we were going through, and I had never done anything like this. I just saw an email and it was like, something in me said, go. Yeah. And I listened to that intuition mm-hmm. and I went and um, we spent four hours just kind of looking at like, what do we want our life to be? Mm-hmm. And it, that was such a beautiful And such a powerful turning point for me to be able to say, oh yeah, I get to have a say in what I want my life to be. Mm. And from there, I really began to dive into working with the moon cycles, the new moon and the full moon, Mm -hmm. and using that to envision and create the life that I wanted. And so now I'm here a little over a year and a half later, and I... I'm madly in love with my life. Mm. And it was not an easy process. Like there were so many tears, so many dark days in that, but that's kind of the how I got to this point.
0: That's incredible um, to hear the, the story of being married to a pastor. I can only imagine, like I haven't walked a day in your shoes at all, <laughs> but okay. I can only imagine the pressure to be a yeah. to be the pastor's wife and all that comes with that, and also uh, imagine how you can feel like a pariah, or you're made to feel like a pariah, or ousted from the community completely yeah. because of the decision that you've made and the lack of understanding or pas- compassion within that.
1: Yes, um,
0: you you came from a tough spot, um, and I love that <laughs> the moon, like the moon, right. <laughs> we She's are so beautiful so <laughs> gorgeous i marvel at the moon every chance i get yeah. um and i also like have my children do it too um same <laughs> the very uh it seems like a fitting it's like a great story honestly like a, a fitting um connection because women you know we have 28 day cycles just like the moon etc yeah. we are very connected to the moon and so to to find um, connection and uh, a turning point with your connection with the moon is absolutely beautiful. Um, and sometimes those type of things or invitations or events or conversation just come at the right time. Yeah. And I just want to point out that I love that you listened to whatever said, go to this thing. Because mm-hmm. that's the part that I think is so important that women need to listen in and tune into and yes. that's with every part of their lives like every part there's there's always a voice telling you yay or nay and and Absolutely. when we listen to those things i think that we're more aligned with who we are and who we need to be as opposed to the no's that you keep saying yes to or the yeses that you keep saying no to we're missing out on some 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 deep healing deep wisdom um alignment all the things um there's a lot there and I, i'd love i just wanted to point that out and highlight the 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 small decision like it's a very quick decision to say i'm gonna listen something said something i'm gonna listen to it i'm gonna go and then look at that <laughs> yeah
1: and i think it's good you pointed that out because really that is when i look at my own healing journey. When I talk to other women about their healing journeys, that is the common denominator is that at one point or another, we chose to listen to ourselves.
0: Yeah. And
1: in doing so, we began to make good choices, right? We began to make choices that Mm -hmm. positively impacted our lives. And we began to realize that we actually do know a thing or two about ourselves. Mm -hmm. We know a thing or two about, uh, how to, create a life that we love. We know, I mean, we just, as women, we're taught not to trust ourselves, right? We're taught to do what someone else tells us to, whether that's society or the church or our teachers or Mm -hmm. our parents or our husband or, you know, whoever it is, we are told that we're not the authority of our own self. And to be able to reclaim that is, so powerful. And that I believe is what leads to not only healing, but really thriving in our lives.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. There's so many influences that tell us that we have to basically outsource things or how Mm -hmm. we feel about ourselves or not feel about ourselves or what we should do or shouldn't do. And I spent a large majority of my life And it took me a while to like, was that my idea or theirs? (laughs) A large majority of my life pursuing the dream of modeling. And so that one's tricky because I was born tall and slim and relatively attractive, right? So I fit the profile. And um, I think when I was younger, I just felt awkward for my body type because I just felt long and lanky and just awkward. And then when someone said, oh, you should model, I was like, okay, that's my key to self-esteem. Mm. And I just kind of went with that, so it was kind of like a catalyst, honestly. And then when I started to do the modeling, I was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't think I like this." (laughs) (laughs) I I spent spent a long time like pursuing this because someone planted the seed, and many people will say, "Like you should model, you're gorgeous, all these things," and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I guess so." Uh But um, (laughs) just going through life, and that that translates to a bunch of other things too, as far as even getting married. Like that's you do a thing because society says it, but doesn't say it and like pressures you, but doesn't quite, you know, there's the,
1: absolutely
0: extra pressure. And I, I can only imagine what it's like in the church. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, if you hit
1: 25 and you're not married, it's like what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And it really, uh, it also depends on your location in the world too. Like the, yes. these are different to uh, either be married or have children by a certain age. And then if you don't, something's wrong with you. Like yeah. something's completely wrong and we treat you differently. And we might have a nice club over here talking about you or like rumor mill, all these things. And and that has a big impact. And, um, I, I wish for every woman to really like not care or like not let it seep in so much. Cause it's it yeah. really, we have one life. Yeah. <laughs> we really have one life to live. And, um, it's, we need to like do what's best for us once we figure out what that thing is. And yeah. that's that been the journey, I think, for, for many, many people, men and women really, but to figure out what the thing that we actually want to do, because there's a prescription of what you should do yes. that might not fit for every single person in the timeline that's set for them, um, in the way that people expect, or even the person they choose to love, like even that element of yeah. it, um. Could be a piece of it too. Whew, I appreciate this. This is great. Yeah,
1: I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: do you, can you think of uh, like a biggest lesson learned or biggest surprise or awakening um, through the yeah. divorce process or coming into your own?
1: I think It really goes into what we were just talking about with learning to trust myself. Yeah. And for me, that has been a long, long journey. Um, you know, even going back to when I got married, I actually broke up with my ex-husband when we were dating, um, probably a year and a half before we got engaged and I knew, I knew that he was not the man I was supposed to marry. Like I just knew I should not marry this man. Yeah. Um, however, I allowed people to talk me into giving him another chance. Mm. And that led to us getting married, yeah, and us having kids, and you know, a whole decade of that relationship that I knew I should not have got into, yeah. but I didn't trust myself. Yeah. And it was only through, you know, that huge decision of leaving, I wouldn't say that that was all because I learned how to trust myself. That was really the beginning of it. Um, And it was through that that I was able to, first of all, grieve the time it, that I spent not trusting myself,
0: really? the time
1: that I spent not allowing me to be myself, yeah, um, the time that I spent allowing others to tell me who to be, even though I knew I could never be that person. Mm-hmm. There was just a lot of grieving that had to happen through yeah. that, and that was really difficult because you know, a year into it, I thought I should be finished grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't, and. It was only through allowing myself to grieve that, you know, through therapy, through different things. Um, I'll put a plug for EFT tapping. Oh, yeah. um, (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) I'm tapping. You can't see me. She's tapping
1: on her face. Um, That has been such a game changer for me in my healing because you literally process physically, mentally, these emotions that are stuck in your body Mm -hmm. and that was something that helped me to grieve and release some of that grief rather than it just staying with me yes um and as i did that and then as i began to listen to myself in small ways whether it was you know trusting myself in decisions i made in my job Mm-hmm. then trusting myself in decisions for my career, then trusting myself in decisions for my kids, mm-hmm. you know, learning to trust myself in each of these things. That is what allowed me to then trust myself with my spirituality. Because when I first discovered this working with the moon, there were so many inside voices and I called it, eventually I realized it was the church lady loop. Um, And it, and this is, it's not a dig on church ladies, but it is a dig on, the fact that again we allow these outside voices to tell us what to do right there was this loop in my head that said wow all of your past spirituality must have been so inauthentic it must have been so fake if you can now make a turn from this you know and again i'm speaking only to the white evangelical context cuz that's yeah. what i know um but there it's very clear that you can't work with the moon In that context, because Mm. that's not honoring to God. Right. Made the moon, if you believe that system, um. You know, but I had this loop of everything that I did was wrong, and it was proving by me doing this, by me following the moon, by me trusting myself, by me, you know, taking ownership of my own spirituality. It was proving that they were right to have excommunicated me from the community. Okay. And that was really hard because I was like, well, I don't actually think that's true. I don't think I should have been excommunicated. I don't think that I should have been, you know, dropped like that. I think that there should have been some support for me. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's right. Maybe, because maybe I, you know, I had to go through this whole process of like, not only allowing myself to trust this new journey that I was on, but also allowing myself to trust that what I had done and what I had experienced while I was in the church was still real Mm -hmm. and still valid and still authentic. And it was. I mean, I – and that's really what I had to learn is there's this whole other side of learning to trust myself that I'm also trusting past Kelly. And I ended up, like, writing letters to – the pastor's wife, Kelly. I wrote letters to the Bible college, Kelly. I wrote letters to child Kelly, you know, and then essentially had to integrate all these different forms of who I am into the form of who I'm becoming. Yeah. And that was all of that is, you know, part of my journey of the past year and a half to be able to fully accept all the pieces of who I am. Mm-hmm. So that as I move forward into this life that I'm loving, I'm able to accept that as well, because I can't separate the two.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's huge. I love that you wrote letters to parts of yourself, um, of your past self. Yeah, uh, that's brilliant. Actually, where you are you in therapy or like where that? Yes. Oh heck, yes.
1: <laughs> I would not be where I am now without therapy. Nice. Um, and that's had different forms too. You know, I, and that was something I had to give myself permission to do, to change therapists because at mm-hmm. first I thought there was something wrong with me for wanting to change therapists, but it's like, no, I had a really great therapist who helped me as I was going toward and then beginning my divorce. I had a yeah. great therapist who helped me through the, I mean, it was, a, it was literally two years before mm-hmm. my divorce was finalized. Um, I had another therapist who helped me in that first year of kind of grieving the spiritual losses and helping me to release some of the expectations I had on myself. And then, um, I had a therapist at the very beginning of this part of my journey who really helped me to trust myself. And now I'm actually working with an EFT practitioner to Mm -hmm. help me as I, you know, move forward with my life, but still find that there's things that are trying to hold me back.
0: Mm hmm. I, I, yes. Yes. To all of that. <laughs> um, I, I am one year, almost one year into my uh, divorcing okay. process. Yep. And, and I had a therapist at the beginning who was really good with helping me because I initiated it as well. Um, okay. That helped me uh, g- get through tough conversations. Yeah, with my ex. And now I have a therapist who is, is good for this part of the journey. And I may have another one after that. Yeah. Um, and, and changing is totally fine. Changing therapists, uh, yeah. like you've, you've done great for this part of it. And I, yeah. you know, you, you kind of feel the natural progression of like, Oh, I should actually find someone else. Um, and even listening to that part in your head saying like, I think it's time for a different therapist. Yeah. Uh, and following that is huge. Um, and I want to go back to the part where you said, uh, well, what I call it, it's like a muscle of trusting yourself uh-huh. it's practice where yeah. you, it's small decisions here or there. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't have to be about like your entire relationship. That's a big one. But like small ones, like what am I going to eat tonight for dinner or where mm-hmm. uh, do I want to hang out with this friend or not? Like there's the very small decisions around the yes and the no's that you actually feel um, and honoring that and that builds yeah. the muscle to be able to do that in any scenario,
1: it does. It's really yeah.
0: small decisions that kind of add up to the big one. So it's not like you have to be the most courageous person to do this one thing. It's it. You may not be courageous now, but it's possible if you keep, either you keep promises to yourself and you, and you follow through, or you make small decisions and make sure that's the one that you actually want to do and by doing those things.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And one thing that has helped me with that is, I love this practice of I put my left hand on my heart and my right hand on my stomach when I'm not 100% sure, like, wait, what do I actually want? Yeah. And then just take like a couple deep breaths and just listen for a minute. And then it's like, okay, that's
0: Mm -hmm. what I want. Mm -hmm. That's
1: what I'm hearing. And just taking that, you know, five seconds to slow myself down and hear myself is really powerful. And then that, you know, physical connection is helpful too. Um, I've kind of learned like these different little tricks. Like I give myself hugs all the time. Mm-hmm. I hold my own hand in bed. I mean, that's kind of like weird, but I mean, I'm single, right? I don't, I'm yeah. not snuggling up with somebody in bed and that's hard sometimes. And mm-hmm. so there's these little things that it's like, even those you're giving yourself that gift of connection and compassion yeah. and support that probably you used to look to somebody else for. Yes. And those being able to gift myself, that has been really incredible as well.
0: That's amazing because in, in certain circumstances, the person who wants to feel that connection might make not the best decisions for their life by choosing someone else, like just running into the arms of someone else because you- Oh, help.
1: I did that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, it happens. We all do, yeah. actually. yes. Yes. <laughs> um yeah. so to be able to give it to yourself and knowing that that's what you're doing for yourself and yeah. not having any judgment around it um it's like this is what i need i need to give it to myself cool um yeah. that's great and even like a friend of mine she hosts uh cuddle parties where <laughs> it's very much ab- around like you just come there i mean you, this, this is a beginning part that's about consent you learn a whole lot about consent yeah. and touch. and then there's like optional. If you want to cuddle, then we just have a time of just like cuddling with each other. And it's, I need that. It's,
1: it's boring, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I think about like when I was in college, I lived with three friends um, my last few years and it was awesome because we would, I mean, it, you know, it was not, we're so like okay, you can only touch somebody if it's sexual. Yeah. And I learned then, and I'm relearning now, now you can have a lot of physical contact with people that's not sexual. I mean, we would literally like sit on each other's laps and just cuddle on the couch. Yeah. And there was nothing sexual about it. Yeah, We were friends and that was just the normal thing at that point. And I'm kind of relearning that now of, mm-hmm. hey, there can be some, you know, you can walk down the street holding hands with somebody and they be your very platonic friend. Yes. There's not, I mean, we've kind of put that in like a very black and white category when I think there's a lot of color in between.
0: Yeah. And there are some cultures where even men walk down the street holding hands and they're not like a relationship whatsoever. Yeah. Um, So, so you did, so you have your, your moon uh, community. I'm guessing, is it a community now? Like, is it like a,
1: no, I mean, ish, I think I've kind of found other people online who okay. also follow the phases of the moon and that's been helpful, okay. um, but not a physical community here. And I think a lot of that is just, this started literally two weeks or three weeks before everything shut down with COVID. Got you. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, so, so the, the, the question is around, um, so you, you, you get your therapy, your EFT, um, mm-hmm. where connection to the moon. These are all like healing modalities. Uh, Do you have any more? I mean, touching your heart and your and (laughs) your—that's great. That's a great practice. Like, what (laughs) what gems do you have in there that that um, someone could pick up or try out?
1: Um, So I'm very much an introvert. I love to be alone. (laughs) So for me, the like. I don't have large groups of friends, but I do have, um, there's two women that are my neighbors. I live in an apartment complex. And so we do hang out a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm close to my sister, you know, so kind of knowing those, even though my circle of friends isn't large, mm-hmm. it's very high quality. Yes. And so, and that's again, trusting myself because mm-hmm. for a long time I thought I had to have this large group of people. Yeah. As an introvert, I don't need or want that. Mm-hmm. So I've developed the friendships that actually help me mm-hmm. versus suck the life out of me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I've also, one of the things that I kind of got into, thanks to, starting this part of my journey during the pandemic um there was a lot of free time going on so i learned how to read oracle and tarot cards okay and that's been a really cool way to also develop that trusting myself muscle Mm -hmm. because you really um there's not like a well I don't think that there's a right or a wrong way to read cards. Mm-hmm. And for me, I read them to better understand what's under my surface. Mm. So I'm not reading tarot cards to figure out the future. Yeah. I'm reading them to understand what's happening in the moment, what's under the surface that I'm not seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, what do I need to be paying attention to? And by doing that, I've really learned to, you know, it's just another way of developing those trusting myself muscles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I love that. And, and what I've seen with uh, tarot cards, it's, there's an interpretation that's happening. Mm -hmm. So um, like I've seen people who like will flip over cards and and go to the book to see like, what does this mean? And I've seen people flip over cards and say like, this means and it's upside down and it means this and da 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 da. Um, And there's a, you have to listen to yourself to understand like what, what is actually being communicated with this card in this moment. Yeah. That's, and
1: I definitely, I will say, I still use the books um, on and off. Yeah. So they're, you know, they can be helpful, but definitely they're not the end all be all of understanding the cards or what Mm -hmm. they're saying to you.
0: Yeah. 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 I love that type of stuff. Um, I just took a psychic development class just for fun. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And we had this, uh, I learned that I'm, I'm, I'm decent. I wouldn't like call myself a psychic, but. There was an exercise where the it you had to be paired up and they gave the name of a person in their life. So I'm partnered with someone and they told me the name, just the name. And I had to tell them about that person and their relationship with that person. And I was spot on just, wow. just with what came to me in the moment. I was like, I'm just going to say this, even though it felt weird or wrong or like yeah. what's happening here, but um and I was pretty pretty decent. I was uh, pretty cool. shocked with my ability to do that. Um, and I feel like tarot cards and and um, just readings in general um, have an element of a deep listening and then mm-hmm. being able to communicate what, what what's there. Like, what are you hearing, seeing, feeling, et cetera. Yeah. Um, really? So, yes, this is, I feel like, like the way that you're describing the trajectory, um, uh-huh. it really, feels like it reminds me of, was it Maslow's hierarchy art, like of needs or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the realm of like self-actualization, like that's what it it sounds like for you. Yeah.
1: I hadn't thought about that, but it is true. Because I think at the beginning, I literally was at that base level of just trying to survive mm. and make sure that we had food in the house.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I totally get yeah. that. It, I mean, it's it's a rocky road. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and your your process took two years, and then you have to heal after all that and grief and all yeah. And everything. Um, yeah, definitely a journey. Well, I'm I'm happy to to hear where you are now and yes. that you are in love with your life. That's the best way <laughs> to be. Yes, with your life, it's amazing <laughs> that, that you've created um, on your own terms and your own doing. Yeah. Um, and I wish you all the best. Oh, let let me not forget. Um, I asked the guests to complete the sentence. Thanks, divorce, for blah, blah, blah. So you can, um, oh if, you have, <laughs> if you have anything. So um,
1: many things. <laughs>
0: yeah, I feel like we just heard the answer before, like all of this, but yeah, you, you can encapsulate it into a sentence or two. Um,
1: I would say, thanks, divorce, for allowing me to find
0: myself yes 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 because it honestly wouldn't be possible without it
1: uh-uh, it would not i certainly didn't go into marriage wanting to get divorced but <laughs> no holy smokes no. am i glad that i am
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it um okay. so thank you so much for coming on the the, the podcast Um, Thank you for
1: having me. I love the questions.
0: Yeah, this has been a a deep pleasure for me. And I hope that it's helpful to anyone listening. Um, I'm inspired just by hearing. (laughs) All right, that's it from me. That was Kelly Irene. You can find her at ikellyirene.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time on another episode of Thanks Divorce. Until then, take care.